If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Today's guest is Karen Rolfe. For those who know Karen, they would have already heard her talk about dressage naturally in her interview or a chat at 2.55. Today, she's going to talk about the 10 habits for excellent horsemanship. I think she's well qualified to do this. How are you today anyway? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, good, good. Karen, I have to tell you, I was looking at, I think it was your Facebook page, and you said you want to help people be the best they can be, to have the horse be the best they can be, and to have fun while they're doing it. And I think everyone wants that. But I think you've got a unique blend here. I think everyone can learn something if that's their goals, you know, to be the best they can be, to be the best the horse can be and to have fun while they're doing it. Then I think I'm really looking forward to today's chat and talking about these 10 habits for excellent horsemanship. Tell us first of all, why you chose that subject. Yeah, well, I, um, in all my experience teaching and, and training, and maybe you can relate to this, that you can have some people who have a lot of experience and have been, you know, practicing uh, to do, you know, learn about horses for years and years and years, and still somehow it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and then another person with seemingly little experience or knowledge can come in and just sort of, quote, have a way with horses. Yes. And that sort of fascinates me. So I'm always like, well, what? what is it? What is the piece? And um, as a teacher who, you know, I really am, my, my uh, real passion is for empowering. You know, mm-hmm. I love dressage and natural horsemanship, but it's like, why do some people get it and some people don't? Why do some horses get it and some don't? And um, so it was my looking at that, like, what is it beyond the actual technique or exercise, what is it that makes some people able to be successful and some people not? And that's what caused me to find uh, what I'm calling these habits for excellent horsemanship. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So with these habits, the first one we've got is the partnership. Okay. If you can mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the partnership. Yeah, sure. And um, I guess one more thing to say about these is um, when I was Putting them together, um, a lot of times I think students, or anybody, thinks that we have to sort of pay our dues and work hard and work hard and work hard, and then someday we'll have these skills. And like I said before, it's it. Sometimes you can start with them. So when I created, um, you know, I put these together to to teach them to people. I was like, well, why not? Why don't we take all of the skills that we want to end up with, those magic things that some people are just 
seem to have. And let's start with those first. So we can start with the skills of a horseman, and then we can put the techniques and the exercises behind it. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was a sort of, a, you know, interesting when, when that occurred to me. I was like, well, this is it. This is why some people can do it. And partnership, you know, these these 10 I'll talk about are kind of in no particular order. But on the other hand, I think partners, there's a reason partnership was first. Yep. So what I like to say about partnership is, you know, lead with your heart and your horse will follow. Um, horses are such herd animals. They understand group mentality. They understand the we. And I think, you know, we humans tend to want to be direct line and to get things done and have things and people do things for us. Um, but I think if we can shift the mindset into partnership mode and again this is not just in technique but it's in how you think about your horse and your horsemanship and your results Um, when you're at home dreaming about your horse even before you walk out the door um, that I think can make all the difference Uh, it's kind of the idea of um, in everything you're doing thinking of the horse's experience um, Mm -hmm. as just as important as your own yeah yeah, and having that empathy. Yeah, yep. I like that you said before you walk out the door, just dreaming about. So you, you already might be thinking, I'm about to ride. You're getting ready, but you're thinking about just the partnership. Yeah, I think there's a bit in having that empathy. I think it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I, you know, I had a horse that taught me this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just was so perceptive, and I remember thinking, oh, today I'm going to really work on the flying changes, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I was, you know, not in a bad way even. It was just mm. like, oh, I have all these plans. Go orientated. And I'm like, go out yeah. to the pasture. I'm like, well, why is he running away from me all the time? And um, <laughs> <laughs> what I realized is if I walked out to the pasture just thinking things like, wow, it's so beautiful out here. And look at these amazing horses. And it would shift everything and mm. and he in fact would start following me around going hey why aren't you paying attention anymore <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think we all come across horses that teach us something special that then we can you know we can yeah. bring to all all the other horses yes yes all right now the second point you've got for 10 habits for excellent horsemanship is clarity would you like to talk about clarity sure um the quote I like to think about with clarity is that it clarity comes from an intention that passes through a mind without judgment, a body without brace, and a heart that's open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, horses don't care about what's right, wrong, correct, incorrect, proper, improper. They just want to know what the heck <laughs> we're trying to say. And I think the human brain can often contort things really quickly. You know, we have a thought and then the split second after that, we're like, well, is that the right thing to do? Or, well, I'm not really good at that. Or, I don't think so. And then by the time it comes out, our body, it's like, it's a, it's, a mess yeah. <laughs> often yeah. because it's passed through this, like, I'm not sure, I'm afraid, I can't, I won't, and I want to, you know, all these different things. So 
I, I really believe horses do want a mess yeah. <laughs> often yeah. because it's passed through this, like, I'm not sure, I'm afraid, I can't, I won't, and I want to, you know, all these different things. So I, I really believe horses do want to know what we're trying to say. I think mm-hmm. they're looking at us going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the more we can just... Um, trust our instincts, know what we do want to say, let our bodies naturally embody that. And again, that the heart that's open kind of connects back to the, the partnership one and just let ourselves say and feel what we're actually feeling and not be too quick to put our, our little human contortions on it. I think we then disconnect our thoughts from our body and our horses are trying to read our intention and our body language. I mean, I, th- I think they're looking at us like, what is a disconnect? And, you know, we humans do that all the time. Like, oh, yeah, that dress looks really nice on you, you know, and we don't really need it. So, you know, I think we, we often practice these things and, and horses just must just shake their heads at us and go, I just <laughs> hey, what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the bit that you said at the beginning, you know, it comes from an intention passing through a mind without judgment. And I think that was mm-hmm. really important. Body without brace, a heart that's open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The next point here, reflect to relax. Yeah, that we we really build into ourselves and help our horses develop this reflex to relax. So I think we probably noticed that people who we would say are you know, excellent with horses, they can have a horse explode next to them and they're like, yeah, okay, well, next, and they can move on and it doesn't turn into something um, compounded or, or bigger than what it is. When the moment's gone, it's gone. And, you know, horses... Um, Sometimes in nature, it, it's their survival depends on their ability to startle and to run. Yep. But in our human world, that's not going to serve them so well. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to help embody the calmness um, and to be able to, to give ourselves the resources so that we can be calm. And when the moment's over, it's over. And be able to think again uh, and to help our horses find that. And and I just like to make that distinction from often with horsemanship, there's a lot of talk of desensitization or in the worst case, like sacking out or flooding horses. And, um, and for me, desensitization um, in many, many cases is not, I don't want my horse to be desensitized. I want to be actively having a way to communicate, Hey, you're okay. (laughs) So to be able to go deep into that idea of you can talk to your horse about relaxing um, and to think of it in our own minds when we hold tension, how powerful, like we're holding tension and a friend comes and puts their hand on your shoulder and you go, oh, you know, I didn't Mm. even know I was tense and now I'm relaxed or being able to look across for me with a student who's working really hard and I go, hey, Mary, you're doing great. That looks good. And they're like, oh, I can relax. So, <laughs> take, take a breath. Yeah, yeah. All right. Finding finding the ways to help our horses do that and to catch <laughs> when we don't do that. You know, our horse bucked, and now it's you know three days later, and we're still tense. You know, yes. it's like okay, they bucked. We're yes. fine. Yes. Next. 
and that's a skill. I mean, we nature doesn't always help us to have that. We have to learn and, and develop that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's part of the partnership, isn't it? You know, just being able to say it's okay. You know, it's okay. Let's yeah. just keep going. Yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now the next one, point number four, is nurture curiosity. Yes. So every time you nurture curiosity, you open wider the door to all your possibilities. Uh, sometimes we're trying something, we're like, well, this doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> My horse just doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. He's bad at this, I'm bad at this. And curiosity to me is that part of your brain, instead of saying, this doesn't work, goes, huh, how can I get this to work? Okay. <laughs> how, yep. how can I do this differently? so that my horse could understand it. Uh, I think the brain is a very, very powerful thing. And if we task our brains with questions, um, empowering questions, then our brain will search to find the answer. So, for example, instead of a question such as, well, first ask a question and then second make sure it's empowering. And so going, why am I so bad at this? Mm-hmm. And then your brain's going to go, well, let me find the ways. So curiosity is really powerful. You just want to make sure you're asking questions like, how could I get this to work? What else do I need to do differently? And in so that's on our part. On the horse's part, curiosity is a real sign of confidence. Um, so if you, if you decrease one, you decrease the other. Um, so a horse that's seeking... Um, is a horse that's trying to learn. And I think it's really interesting that we want to try to train our horses, meaning we want them to try to do things they've never done before. Yet when they try to often explore things other than what, (laughs) you know, we think they want to do, we often punish them. Don't touch that. Nope. Don't do that. Don't Mm -hmm. go there. And, um, and often they just will give up trying new things but in, in training, we want them to try new things. So, in fact, there's an experiment that a, a psychologist was talking to me about with horses for learned helplessness and that horses trained. They had a, a bucket with a lid and a treat in it. Yep. And, yeah, and you know, the horse would see that there's a treat in it. And then if they put the lid on, they'd knock it over and, oh, there's a treat in there. And yep. horses that were trained with learned helplessness, if they put a whole bunch of buckets out with lids, if they knocked over one bucket and there was no treat, they'd be like, "Yeah, there's no buckets, there's no treat." Oh, really? But horses yeah. that horses where their curiosity was nurtured mm. would be like, "Well, there must be a treat in the next bucket." They go and <laughs> knock over all the buckets till they found the treat. Which you know, if you have a horse like that, can be quote very annoying to be around. On the other hand, those are horses that are trying to figure something out. So, yep. um, I really enjoy um, playing with curiosity for the horse and the human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it sort of leads you to um to think they can be annoying but their personalities you know and people say oh this horse it's a personality part of that is the curiosity that they do knock things over they're in the way that they're, they're very curious with their surroundings and it's a sign of confidence so if a horse gives you the blank stare you know they might be seen as very obliging and safe and Good old boys, but often there's, there's often they're that way. Some of them are that way because they're shut down. Mm-hmm. And when you when they start beat, and it's a sign of lack of confidence in their surroundings. And 
sometimes those horses, when they start to relax, all of a sudden all this stuff comes out um, that's been held back. So curiosity is something I actively um, look for, I nurture, and then, of course, I need to have good communication skills so I can channel it, so I can teach them, stand Mm -hmm. over there and keep your nose over here, and, and then it's a fun game, but it's not from them feeling like they're afraid to... Um, act on their own and yep. offer something. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, the next habit you've got is time and timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot to be looked at with time and timing. and um, I think of it in a couple ways. There's um, well, as I, I, the line I say for this one is the only time to act is now, mm-hmm. but there are lots of nows to choose from. So horses, of course, live in this moment and this one and this one and this one. So we always have to be in the moment. But the reason I say there's lots of nows to choose from is because so many times a, a quote problem that comes up with a horse is only a problem because maybe now is not the right time to present this to them. Okay. You know, maybe it's not time to do the flying changes. Maybe it's not time to jump that jump higher or whatever it is. So I think that the point is in this moment to know we have choices. And as a trainer, I always think my horses are perfect until I come along and ask them to do something that they're not able to do. Mm -hmm. So figuring out that, you know, is today the day? You know, if I'm having a problem, is this the right time? It's a question that I ask myself. And then the small picture of time and timing is when I'm doing a technique, of course, the timing of when do I apply the aid, when do I take it off? Like, there's so much nuance in there. So time and timing to me is just to to remember to think about the options that we have here, to be aware of the choices uh, that we're making and to make sure that we are fully here in this moment because that's where the horse is and not thinking about yesterday and tomorrow. Um, And a lot of times um, if a student understands an exercise and they're doing it, but it's like, yeah, it's still not working, often there's an adjustment in some timing Mm -hmm. um, that can happen. And we all tend to have as individuals our own sense of timing you know, what a what a break is or how quickly we go to something else. And, and we're, it's so part of us that we don't even know. Um, we don't even know what our timing is, but boy, our horses sure pick yep. up those patterns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. 
Imagine. Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. All right. Now the next one, the next habit to develop is to seek communication. I like the way you didn't just, you know, because we've sort of got some one word habits, but this one is seeking communication. It's not just communication. Mm -hmm. So if you can speak about that, that'd be good. Sure. Yeah. So the the habit is to seek communication, but in parentheses, but be able to control. So the art of communication is the language of leadership and as opposed to maybe domination. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with horses, we want to be, for me, the end goal is to be able to communicate. Hey, would you do this? And the horse goes, sure. Is this enough? Yep. Great. Oop, a little more. That it feels like a dialogue and a back to partnership. Um, And that, again, is in contrast to dominance or submissiveness in the sort of not-so-nice sense of the word. Um, We do need to be able to control because, again, we do have our horses in uh, our human environment where it is not safe. And there are times we need to get them from point A to point B and there's no time to talk. We just have to get there. So I think this is an interesting balance because some people tend to be um, all about control and the horse just has to give themselves completely and allow me to move them anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then some people are on the opposite end of, oh, my horse doesn't really feel ready for this right now. And I think the interesting part comes when you play with communication and motivation together. So you know, to know I could control it if I needed to, to, mostly to keep me safe and the horse safe. But ultimately, we're looking for that um, communication, which involves listening and desiring understanding, and then also motivation. Because if our horses aren't doing what we're asking them, they usually don't understand what we're saying, or they don't like what we're offering. Okay, yep, <laughs> Why should yep, I? <laughs> yep, yep. You know, so I think in communication, if the goal is, you know, when you think about the art of persuasion or mm-hmm. being a brilliant conversationalist, you're trying to gain attention and create some sort of motivation um, for the other person to stay engaged in that. And, and that is what makes it artful and horsemanship and not just gadgets and gear and tie them up and lock them down and they must do this and they must do that. So, um, yeah, which to me is like, okay, that's interesting, but that doesn't feel so good to me. Yeah. Yeah. As a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, you talk about seeking communication. The horses don't do something. It's because they don't understand or they don't like it. They don't want to do it. I think part of being a horse person and, um, you know, having that excellent horsemanship is to be able to tell the difference between when they don't understand or when they don't want to do it, don't like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when they, I don't know, I can't, I won't, <laughs> it mm. hurts. You mm. know, those are all all different things we need to be able to look at for sure. Yep, yep. All right, the habit number seven is feel. <laughs> yeah, so in this category, it's about, um, really it's about feeling for your horse because our horse will tell us everything that we need to know. And so in this category, I'm looking at how do I feel to the horse? Um, How do I feel about my horse? How does my horse feel about me? 
So there, that's like emotional kind of feelings. And then there's also, of course, the quality of feel. Um, I used that example before of, you know, you're tense and your friend comes along and puts their hand on your shoulder. Um, now notice I said friend. Yes. <laughs> because yes. there's another feel that could feel not so friendly, <laughs> yes. right? If somebody else can put their hand on your shoulder and you're like, I don't feel good at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's scary. Um, so there is a, you know, what is that? There's a quality of sensation. Anybody who's gotten multiple massages will know there's a big range in the feel. And you often know in the first, you know, seconds that someone puts their hands on you, um, if it's a quality feel. So again, it's one of those things that if you're doing something and you know the exercise, um, that it's something that can be changed, that you can have an infinite number of ways to feel, to, um, to have yourself feel to the horse. How do you want your horse to, how do you want that tactile sensation to feel when you touch the horse? And there's so much range. And then how does your horse feel in response to that? Are they open? Are they bracing? Are they blocked? Um, so it's just, you know, kind of going in and and asking yourself, what am I feeling here? (laughs) And, to go to the tactile sensation, but then also um, the emotional part, because sometimes we start to feel like, wow, I'm scared. I didn't know I was feeling scared, or I feel really hesitant, or I feel um, confused, or I, you know, things like that. So there's a lot to explore here from the very inside emotional part all the way out to the tactile sense. And, and again, as you go through these um, habits, you know, these are things I just want to have my brain remember. Like, well, think about how my how how's my feel here. Mm, mm. <laughs> how am I feeling about yes. this? And then to try to do your best guess of well, what does my horse feel about this? Yeah. And then and then what can we do with that information? Yes. And what can yes. we change? Yeah. Yes, I think it's a it's a good list that you've put together. You know, excellent horsemanship, as you said, no particular order. So starting with the mm-hmm. partnership, but um, there's a lot to think about. We're going to point number eight or habit number eight is consistency and variety. Sort of almost is a bit conflicting, isn't it? Consistency and variety. <laughs> yeah, they're they're um, two sides of the same coin, I guess. Mm. Um, we want to be able to be consistent without being boring, and we want to be able to offer variety without being random. Mm-hmm. So this comes back to again the the patterns. We're all we have we all have these patterns, and the more aware of our patterns we are, and the more we're aware, we can change them, and we can change them to get results. There's some cause and effect here. So when you do things very consistently, it can help build confidence. Right? The horse goes, oh, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? And there's there's a there's a relaxation in that. There's a confidence. I know what's going to happen. And then we all know what happens if like the same thing happens all the time, right? We can get bored. We get disengaged. We're not thinking anymore. Um, And then with variety, if you're changing things up a lot, that can lead to um, mental and physical engagement, right? You're like, ooh, what's going to happen next? Let me pay attention. That I wasn't expecting that. Mm -hmm. The ears prick up. Um, and physical engagement, if you think of like, you know, cutting a cow, like, ooh, things are changing all the time, right? Yep. There's a lot of variety in cutting cattle and like, look at the engagement that has to go on there. 
So I think to um, become aware of what you're doing and how it's working for you. Does your horse need more confidence? Maybe you need to be a little more consistent. Don't change things up so much. Is your horse bored? Eh, Maybe you need to change things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, if your horse is getting bored, add some variety. If he's starting to get twitchy and nervous because he's like stressed out, he's not sure what's going to happen, then maybe you need to be more consistent. And that can happen on a um, sort of a long arc, meaning day to day throughout the week or throughout the month, or it could be within one session. Do you just do one exercise or you jump in? Well, we kind of did that. We kind of did that. We kind of did that. (laughs) So the long arc and then in the short sessions also just to, um, to be aware. And that's something that I have my students often write down, like what, just write down a log of what you did do and then what kind of results were you getting? Do you need more consistency or confidence? Do you need more variety or, you know, just kind of observe and see if there's something you can change there mm-hmm. um, to have it then helping you get to the results yep. that you'd like to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Now the next thing, sense of humor. Yes, one of my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good character trait for anyone to have, isn't it? You know, it's not just about horsemanship. I think so. but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, horsemanship and life are lessons in lightness, and we can get serious results without having to be so serious all the time. So I think it really comes down to a lightheartedness. Um, we're doing horses. This is supposed to be the fun part. It's really not required for any of us these days. Our, our, we're not reliant on horses for our transportation and our, you know, working anymore. This is we're only doing this because it's supposed to be fun. Um, even if we're doing it as a job, you know, the idea is we like it so much. Now it's a, it's our career. Yep. Um, but it's it's easy to lose track of that and start to again the human brain gets goal oriented and now the horse has to earn us money and you know or we invested a lot and this horse better live up to what I just <laughs> paid for him and you know and these pressures come on and and it can be come so far away from like oh my gosh I get to do horses today uh, yes so it's a little bit of just you know keeping it in perspective, how lucky are we um, that we get to play with horses. And uh, I had a friend once uh, that was a non-horse friend, and I had had a particularly challenging training day. And so we got together, and I was just sort of telling about my day. I was like, oh, it's so hard, and this horse. And he just left, looked at me and started giggling. He's like, oh, poor Karen, her horsey wasn't great today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> I love that that we get to play with horses. We choose to. We choose to play with horses. We choose exactly. to be around them. Yeah. Yeah. And um and then, you know, the other part is, you know, we know that um horses make us happy. I mean, there's a lot of us who do horses because we just feel it in our soul and they mm-hmm. we're happiest when we're with horses. And I love that horses make me happy, but I don't think they should have to. Yes. <laughs> if that yes. makes sense. Yes. They should not, their burden is not to make me happy. So mm. be happy that you get to have a horse and walk out, you know, walk out the door, wake up every morning knowing that. And so again, it's, and this is not about um, using jokes to avoid facing things or 
um, avoid tension. It's just really about not taking ourselves so seriously. And, you know, lightheartedness is nice to be around. Um, Yes. (laughs) And then to be asking ourselves if we're not enjoying it, why? So I have a very low tolerance for um, not enjoying my life. So I've learned a long time ago through many lessons that like love it or change it. So if there's something that too many times in a row, I'm like, oh, this is bringing me down. I sit myself down and I go, what is it? What is the piece? And I either have to change my mindset and decide to love it or change it. There's something making you not be lighthearted. Yep. And uh, that's one of my just life quests. And, and I've just noticed, you know, horses sure like to be around you better <laughs> when you're yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people too. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure. I think what you said, you know, just within this whole life skill, the sense of humor, you know, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's the combination of both there. That was number nine. But the tenth habit we've got is be your best self. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I said no particular order, but we started yeah. with partnership and we're ending with being your best self. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's often it's not the horse who needs to change. And maybe this has just been one of my quests in life. I, I feel like, you know, I, I need to figure this life thing out and I need to figure out how to be my best self. It just plain feels better to be that way. Um, and horses have sure helped me point out when I'm not, <laughs> not yes. my best self. There's so many rides that I know or sessions that I've had with a horse. When um, use, Often it's after the session, if it's a challenging session, when for some reason I sit back and I go, oh, yeah, that, that was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. picked that exercise I was the one who got stubborn. I was the one who got pushy. I was the one who got scared. Whatever it was, you know, I think to that responsibility that even as a horse trainer, but I rarely describe myself that way, I'm empower. I help horses and humans be the best they can be. Um, It's what I do with myself. And I've just, you know, like I said, I've noticed the difference. It's um, our horses shouldn't have that burden of trying to make us happy. Like I said before, we need to do our own work um, before coming to the horse. Um, I think they are so magical in reading our intentions and our body language. They want it to match. And when we're not our best selves, well, there's a, what's the phrase? Um, Oh, I was beside myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how confusing would that be to a Mm -hmm. horse who's trying to read our intention and our body language and match it up and we're not even inside our (laughs) our own skin fully. (laughs) So, yeah, it's the the responsibility knowing our horses did not sign up for this. This was our idea. Um, We sure owe it to them to, um, you know, be, be nice to be around. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks.
I've written a few notes here on these 10 habits. What I'd like to do, Karen, is just briefly go back and visit each one again. So I'll say them and then if you just touch on them for a sentence or two. Yeah, like the bullet point or? Yeah, well, if I say <laughs> partnership, what's one or two sentences mm. that you can say about partnership? Mm. Well, the lead, lead with your heart and your horse will follow. And to think about the we more than the me. (laughs) Yep, yep. All right, the next one, clarity. Clarity comes from an intention passing through a mind without judgment, a body without brace, and a heart that is open. And I truly believe that horses are really trying to figure out what we're trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've got some beautiful sayings. I think they're lovely. They just come out. They just roll off your tongue, but I think they're they're lovely quotes. Yeah. All right, the next one, reflex to relax. Yeah, reflex to relax. Everything comes from and returns to relaxation. So it's all about us being able to keep ourselves calm and to be able to talk to our horse about, hey, you're okay when when they need us. Yep, yep. Okay, nurture curiosity. Yeah, every time you nurture curiosity, you open wider the door to all your possibilities. Curiosity equals confidence, and sometimes the thing you need is just a little different than what you're doing now. So mm-hmm. remember to empower yourself by by tasking your brain to answer um, empowering questions. I yeah. wonder how we could do this better. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, number five in the 10 Habits of Excellent Horsemanship is time and timing. The only time to act is now, but there's lots of nows to choose from. So choose wisely and know that you always do have a choice of what you choose to ask your horse for in this moment and then the subtle timing of how you're asking for it. Yep. All right, number six is, and these are in no particular order, but it's nice you started with partnership and ended with self, but uh, in no particular order, number six is seek communication. Yeah, seek communication, but do be able to control. The art of communication is the language of leadership. So we want to be able to keep ourselves and our horses safe, but after that, it's really about the art of the dialogue. Mm -hmm. All right, number seven is feel in the 10 Habits for Excellent Horsemanship. Feel for your horse. He will tell you everything that you need to know and to explore how you feel from um, an emotional point of view, how you feel, how your horse feels, and then also down to the tactile. What is the feel you're giving to your horse and what's the feel you're getting back and how can you change that? Mm. I like this one. This is number eight, consistency and variety. It's almost like a recipe. You know, you've just got to keep balancing a little bit more salt, a little bit more milk. Yep. Oh, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, these ingredients, we're always doing these. Yeah. And so to be aware and so that we can be consistent without being boring and offer variety without being random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Number nine, which is good, and this is a life skill as well, is the sense of humor. Yeah, because horsemanship and life are lessons in lightness, and we can get serious results without being so serious all the time. And uh, remember, this is the fun part. We're doing this because we enjoy it. So enjoy it. Yep, yep. All right, and number 10 was be your best self. Yeah. Often it's not the horse who needs to change. 
uh, they didn't sign up for this. And remember, horses make us happy, but they shouldn't have to. Yep. Do your yep. own work before coming to the horse. Yes, yes. Karen, I think these 10 habits for excellent horsemanship, you know, hopefully lots of other people, we've sort of summarised them. We will summarise them on your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Karen Rolf 2. Just go to horsechats.com, search for Karen, because the Rolf is spelled a little bit different. It's R-O-H-L-F. Um, even if you go to episode 255, which was your first one, it'll have uh, you'll be able to link through to this page. And also your contact details, Karen, what's the best way for people to contact you? Yeah, well, my website is dressagenaturally.net. And so you can email, you can go there and contact, or you can do karen at dressagenaturally.net. Yeah, you can find me there. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. um, and I actually have a a course. Um, It's a step-by-step course on the Habits for Excellent Horsemanship. Can I tell them about that? Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Awesome, yeah. So I put this together. It was actually the third course that I created, but it ended up being the first, a really good entry course because we need to start with these habits. So um, it's one of my virtual courses and we start the course right off with going through these habits and um, I have a series of audios. And then I, the next thing it does is go into how to use just everyday moments with a horse, like feeding, leading, catching, um, exploring different ways to do it in just your normal, ordinary moments, but by using these habits differently, seeing how we can turn them into extraordinary moments of really improving your partnership. And then it kind of goes into more nitty-gritty details of like, all right, well, if that's not working, what else can we do? Mm -hmm. All the way on up to um, sort of saddling and preparing to ride and then basics of riding. It's just kind of different. It's, It's much more based on how you're doing the simple things that you're probably already doing yep. in a way that yep. it, it builds partnership. And and the goal is to end up with a, a partnership in a horse that's calm, attentive, responsive, and eager. Mm. And um and I actually I can tell you the where to go to that course and I ha I made a coupon for your listeners. Oh wonderful. Receive, wonderful. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, can, very good. I'm like sure all the listeners would be very happy. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can get to it by going to dressagenaturally.net slash habits, and that will direct to the course itself. And then if you write in um, SAVE, S-A-V-E, in all caps, 100, the number 100, you'll save $100 on it. So that's just for you, your listeners. Perfect. And those details will be on that page as well at horsechats.com slash Karen Rolf too. Yeah, yeah. Look, really happy to talk to you, Karen. And I think a lot of people that have done well with horses will go through these habits and they might say, oh, I've got that one, got one. I might have to think about that one a bit more. This one I definitely have to think about. I've got that, I've got that. You know, Mm -hmm. they might have most of them, but maybe not all of them. And that will give them something a little bit more to think about when you think about to have them the best they can be, the horse the best they can be, and then to have fun while they're doing it. Exactly, exactly. It really was made for for anybody with a horse at any level because this stuff just never ends. I mean, yep. so much mindset and just remembering to think about these different things. Um, right. It's what it's what excellent horsemen do at, at every level. And I just want people to get the best um, best jump start into their their education. So, Good. 
Good. Okay, Okay, Karen, thanks for talking to us today and uh, we'll hope to catch up with you another time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Glenn. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 